0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. We are live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin, they're here with me as well. Uh, and you're here too. Uh, if you'd like to let us know what you think about what we think, you can email the program, steve at That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. Look for me as well on MeWe Parlor and Gab. That's if you like the free speech alternatives and if you like free speech with video, meaning it's uncensored, unfiltered. Go to rumble.com slash stevedayshow. Again, that's rumble.com slash show. We've got a jam-packed show lined up for you here today. Um, we are going to talk to our old friend Shannon Joy uh, at the bottom of the hour because she is going to war. Uh, against covid stan and she's going to tell us about uh an initiative that she is launching that's coming up at the bottom of the hour next hour we have theology thursday and we're going to do kind of a real-time small group study reconnaissance study of the spirit of the ages uh, new denomination wokeism i'm looking forward to this i actually prepared for once well wow that should
2: tell you something. That
1: does. I mean, yes. Well, uh, be still my beating heart. I mean, I, I everybody's like, I, everywhere I've gone the last few months, I hear more and more, frankly, about your montages than I do my show, which I don't mind. I mean, I'm the one that made the decision to have them lead off the show because I thought they were that good. I just want the show to be good. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in the old Ronald Reagan uh, plaque that he had. It's amazing when you get done when you don't care who gets the credit for it, right? But one of the reasons those things are so good is you pretty much pour all of your I discipline and energy into the montage. I don't really do much for this show. I don't really bring much to the table other than that. That's it. So, I mean, he goes to the mattresses for that montage. And then, as Austin Powers once famously said, I'm spent. That's pretty much you, right? Yep. I mean, you peak at about 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning when yep. you get that thing done. Yep. And then the next eight or nine hours
2: of the day is we're carrying my dead weight.
1: Yeah, around. as we're meandering yep. through this, I am Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and you are Bill Walton, and I'm telling your old man, "Hey, tell your old man what it's like to have to carry Bill Walton's ass up and down the court all day long."
0: Isn't that how it pretty much goes around here? It's getting uncomfortable in here.
1: <laughs> um, be- before though, we get to Aaron's masterful montage. We'll have theology Thursday. Three non-political questions coming up next hour as well because I, this was news that just broke when you finished the montage and I think we have to touch on it. We were just discussing it right as the show intro was, was coming on. So the Tokyo Olympics, they're saying now, are going to go forward but with no fans in the venues. Correct. Why? Because Japan is under a state of emergency with COVID. Hmm. I can go find you right now, multiple articles that have been written over the last year and a half. And I mean, multiple lecturing us on how Japan conquered COVID with the masquerade. I mean, multiple. Not so much, huh? No. Okay. Well, um, they don't have a massive obesity problem there either in Japan. They do not. They don't. Yeah. Hmm. So, everyone wears masks. Almost no one is obese. And yet, they're under a new state of emergency there with COVID. Hmm. It's almost as if your mitigation efforts against an airborne contagion, other than trying your best to put all of your efforts into isolating and protecting the most vulnerable. Short of that, you know, the way we kind of handled, before herd immunity became an outdated term, uh, as they said at the White House the other day, yes. correct? Yeah. Which, by the way, what is the point of a vaccination effort again, Aaron, It's to help us reach what?
2: Oh, that old, outdated term called herd immunity. Yes, that's the entire point of a vaccination program.
1: But um, it's almost as if those old, traditional ways of doing things that were discovered, learned, observed, chronicled, passed on, it's, it's almost like they work. It's almost like... They, they're timeless. And the answers of what we're struggling with in the present are, are found more often than not in the past. Now, how, how of course, how much media, including, by the way, some prominent people here on the right who bought into the masquerade, mask mandates... How many of them and everyone on the spirit of the age left will come forward today with this news from Japan with a, a smidge of self awareness and say, wow, that's some like real time data we just can't ignore there? What do you guys think? How many, how many people should we set aside some time today in our busy schedules to graciously acknowledge and thank? For their self awareness, and, and 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 hey, no hard feelings. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We appreciate the fact you're coming clean now. Wished you would have done it a year and a half ago, but hey, none of us are none of us none of us have no red in the ledger, right? Jesus forgives us today, tomorrow, the next day, right? Right. Sure. So we could we were we are happy to practice the same, right? Yes. How many of opportunities do you think we would be granted to do that, do you believe, today?
0: Uh they're too busy promoting uh booster shots for the Lambda 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 variant.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking there won't be a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there won't be a lot. Um and is that bad? Yeah. Yeah. On June third, Anthony Fauci said that. Uh, If we just can get everybody vaccinated or get 70% of the population vaccinated, we won't see any more spikes. Maybe some blips, but no more spikes in cases of COVID. Well, I'm a Miller or Ian Miller. um, I think that's his Twitter name, but his actual name is Ian Miller uh, at Rational Ground. One day I'm going to meet this man. And buy him the nicest damn steak in whatever town he resides. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay? Because that guy has just been like a neutron bomb. With, and he's done most of the charts and stuff we have shown you over the last year. He's done a, a lion's share of them. When it comes to taking on masks and all their edicts and everything else. He put out a chart yesterday that showed... Since June 3rd, on June 3rd, by the way, that was also the date, not coincidentally, that the UK reached 85% of its population had received at least one dose of the vaccine. So on June 3rd, the UK reached 85% of its population had received at least one dose of vaccination. That's the same day Anthony Fauci said if we could get to 70% vaccination in the country, we just won't see any of these large spikes of cases anymore. Since June the 3rd, folks, cases have increased in the UK by over, are you ready for this? Over 600%. Don't turn up the volume, you heard me right. Since June 3rd, they've had a 600% case spike increase in the UK. 600%
0: is that bad God save the queen steve <laughs> okay. I I think
1: and it's these guys will tell you it's really not my style to spike the ball in the end zone I mean I grew up watching Barry Sanders just hand the ball and I I I thought one of the be- best sports douche moves I've ever seen is, is is remember Kenny Anderson was like one of the big high school freshman phenom point guards. He went to Georgia Tech. Remember that kid? My mind went
0: to the Bengals quarterback first. Or him. I got you.
1: Yeah, but they had that team that was so much fun with him and Dennis Dennis Scott and Brian Oliver, Lethal Weapon 3. And they finally won the ACC and they like clinched it. I watched them on a Sunday game when NBC did college basketball still. They finally clinched it on a Sunday game at Cameron Indoor. They finally beat Duke at Cameron Indoor to clinch the ACC title. And towards the end of the game as they're kind of running away with it. Kenny Anderson steals the ball. Dribbles down, he has a breakaway. You're expecting like a thunderous dunk or something, right? Just lays it in, man. It's almost as if to say, we knew we had this all along. There's no even point in making an emphatic point. See, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I like it when I know that you know and you know that I know that I got over on you and I don't have to even say it. Now, I am a very, very bad loser. Everybody, Everybody that knows me will tell you, he's a pretty gracious winner. He is a terrible loser. That's why we have not played a board game in my house in about five years. (laughs) I'm a terrible loser. I'm not going to keep resetting for you, though, why we were right about all of this. Because it strokes my ego. I already hit bestseller list on a book. I don't need any more of that. Got it. Thank you. It's so that this never happens again. We can't ever lose our resolve. This can never happen again. And we need to be more aggressive in pushing back. So I had to get a crown about three months ago. Had a little uh, cold uh, sensitivity up in that area. And, you know, I've got a couple of I've got a speaking engagement in Michigan next month. We're going to Oklahoma for the filming of the movie in August. So I'm going to be out of state a couple times. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to be out of state and have this thing go bad on me. And then I'm really screwed. And we're like, you know what I'm saying? So let me go into my dentist yesterday and just to make sure everything's OK and just get some peace of mind. Right. I had no idea because unless you go to the airport in Iowa, you almost you, you don't see masks like anywhere in our state. At least not on our side of the state. I I can't speak for Johnson County and the University of Iowa. I don't know if there's still quintuple masking over there to virtue signal. But everywhere around the part of the state where we live, it's just rare to see one outside of a hospital or an airport, right? It has been for quite a while. So I just head over to the dentist, and they're still doing the wait in the area and wear your mask, okay? And I love my dentist. Great guy listens to this show. Been over, I've gone to that dentist for over 10 years. I finally just said, dude, I, I held up my cloth diaper. I looked at him and said, dude, really? We're still doing this? Just kind of like the dude coat. You know what I'm saying? You know, just come on, man. He's like, yeah, I know. We actually had a meeting about it yesterday. It's time for these things to go away, All right? We need to do like that constantly. Like, dude, really? And whatever the chick equivalent is to that, I don't really know. <laughs> Do you guys know? We got four daughters. I don't know what the chick, I've got two, but, I've, but problem is my oldest is, is basically me. So she would be like, dude, really? <laughs> so I don't know what the chick equivalent is to, come on, man. Okay. But whatever it is, we need much more of, really? Come on, man. Really? We're doing this still? More of this. Agree on that? Yes. Agreed. Do not let your resolve down. Don't ever let them forget they were wrong about everything. Wrong about it all. Don't ever let them forget until they come and repent. The excommunications will continue until morale improves. The chastisement will continue until morale improves. Amen? Amen. Amen. I say to you. Verily, verily.
2: And now here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by Who Shot Ashley Babbitt. A new expose at Real Clear Investigations has purportedly revealed the identity of the U.S. Capitol Police officer who fatally shot Ashley Babbitt during the events at the Capitol on January 6th. Aside from naming the officer involved, more on that later, the expose details how media organizations like CNN and C-SPAN edited out video and the transcript of part of a February House hearing on the shooting in which the name of the officer involved was invoked that officer's name is lieutenant michael bird and real clear investigation says the communications arm of the u.s capitol police is not denying that he was the shooter Lieutenant Byrd is a longtime veteran of the U.S. Capitol Police and was the commander of the House Chamber section of Capitol Police. Back in 2019, Byrd was cited for leaving his Glock 22 40 caliber handgun, unattended in a restroom before it was found during a routine security sweep. Babbitt was killed by a 40 caliber round. The story goes on in much detail about how the U.S. Capitol Police is not subject to FOIA requests, has been stiff arming accountability for January 6th in the past few months and has a long history of complete opaqueness when it comes to oversight. In completely unrelated news, U.S. Capitol Police recently announced they are planning to open field offices in Florida and California in reaction to the supposed insurrection and supposed potential threats those states pose. In further unrelated news, according to reporting from the Daily Beast, federal investigators seized an unusual piece of evidence from a Pennsylvania man indicted last month for his role in the events at the Capitol on January 6th, a Lego replica of the building he allegedly stormed learning chinese today today's raises yellow plastic men are the new domestic terrorists tucker carlson's assertion last week he's being spied upon by the nsa has been confirmed after axios published a story detailing how the fox news host was in contact with the kremlin to set up an interview with russian president vladimir putin carlson discussed the matter on his show by law I should have been identified internally
1: merely as a U.S. journalist or American journalist. That's the law. But that's not how I was identified. I was identified by name. I was unmasked. People in the building learned who I was. And then my name and the contents of my emails left that building at the NSA and wound up with a news organization in Washington. That is illegal. In fact, it is precisely what this law was designed to prevent in the first place, We cannot have intelligence agencies used as instruments of political control. Both parties used to agree on that. Democrats were especially adamant on the point, but not anymore. So that's exactly what is happening
2: here. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has declared so-called gun violence an emergency in his state.
3: Picture the border. We build a wall. We build a tall, big, a beautiful wall. And we have the wall goes for miles. And we have a little gold leaf up at the top of the wall. Little gold, shiny leaf. And then we put a big name across the wall. And the name, the name is five letters. You know the name? I can see it. Can you see it? C U O M O. And it's a magic wall. People can pass, but illegal guns cannot pass. It's a magic wall.
2: He went on to say,
3: We know how to deal with an epidemic. What we want to say is, we want to do with gun violence what we just did with COVID.
2: Dr. Anthony Fauci practiced his best bedside manner in continuing to encourage the nation to get vaccinated. You've got to ask, what is the problem? Get over it. Get over this political statement. Just get over it. And try and save the lives of yourself and your family. The San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus is literally coming for your kids. And finally, TV took to the streets of Alexandria, Virginia to ask random people if they think others can become transracial.
4: Recently, a British man had facial surgery to make himself look more Asian because he identified as being Korean. We wanted to ask people, is he Korean now?
0: I'm not answering that. Sorry.
4: Was he born? What was he born He's at? white. He's British. Then I would say he's, he's British. He is not biologically Korean.
3: He changed his face medically, mm-hmm. but... His genes and other things like that did not change.
2: I don't think that changes anything about him necessarily.
4: I don't think that's an identity. You can't identify as an ethnicity. Okay, so you can't be transracial. Well,
1: perhaps you can, but that's not how I think about
4: it. Okay. Can you be transgender? Yes. What's the difference?
1: Probably no difference.
4: So you can't be transracial. You cannot be transracial. Can you be transgender? Yes, he can be transgender. He identi- he, was, he identifies as Asian. But was he born in an Asian family? Was he, like? No, but he feels he was really born. Asian. He was born in the wrong body. No. He that's, so, that's what he no, says. So you're not right. going to validate him, but you'll you'll validate other people. Because that's appropriation of the, the Asian race.
2: You're catching me on the spot. I haven't ever thought about <laughs> this before.
4: Okay. Well, think about it now.
2: Okay. Well, if you could be transgender, then yes, you could be transracial. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's montage brought to you by the glasses I am wearing, which unfortunately gave me a very, very clear picture of what I just watched. (laughs) Uh, Better spectacles, um, if, if you are looking for... And they're, they've never been available before. Uh, German-engineered uh, rodent stock eyewear. It's available for the first time here domestically in the U.S. Uh, it's considered the world's gold standard with eyewear, over 500 patents, and they really specialize in difficult prescriptions. Uh, you may think you cannot get uh, state-of-the-art uh, frames with your difficult prescription, uh, your bifocals, or your progressive lenses. That's not the case anymore. Uh, they can do that for you and, and just your regular old prescription as well. Uh, so regular or difficult, they can help you. Uh, at Better Spectacles, uh, go to betterspectacles.com Steve right now and schedule your teleoptical appointment. You don't even have to leave your house. And it's not just an online company. You're going to get online the same expert consultation you would get as if you were sitting in one of their stores across the country with the best trained opticians in the country and they're offering you right now an inter- introductory price for being a member of this audience 61% off their go spec lenses plus free Rodenstock handcrafted frames Rodenstock frames and your go spec lenses for 61% off today when you visit betterspectacles.com/steve again that's betterspectacles.com/steve We are going to discuss uh, more in-depth in the overtime today uh, the real clear investigations report about who shot Ashley Babbitt and the Capitol Hill police. Uh, We'll get into more of that today in the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers when we have more time. Uh, That's blazetv.com slash dace. We will record that for you right after today's show. uh, And then it'll be uploaded so that you can watch it later today at your convenience at blazetv.com slash dace. And that's also where you can go if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you would like to become one. blazetv.com slash dace. That way you get a chance to see today's montage. I'm sorry, uh, today's overtime. Uh, on, on Anthony Fauci's comments, I, I mean, he's politicized this thing from the very beginning on on multiple different levels. I mean, this is forked tongue level of activity here. He's politicized this thing on multiple levels and now says, stop politicizing that which I've already politicized.
2: It's abusive.
1: Yeah, go to hell. Because that's who you're speaking for anyway, so E.T. might as well phone home. Go directly to hell because that's the native tongue you're spewing forth anyway and have been for quite some time. When this is all said and done, and it will either happen in our lifetimes or it will happen in another lifetime when this country is long gone because of, of events like this, He will be one of the most corrosive and wicked influences on American culture. At the very least, he's the worst person I've encountered in this line of work in, in a modern time since I fully understood who Margaret Sanger was. Um, <laughs> they're just not even going to hide it anymore. If you want to know what the rainbow jihad has done and why, there was, a, there was a, a book written in the late 80s called After the Ball. I don't know that you can even get it anymore. My guess is it's probably been censored out of existence. You'd have to go find somebody who owns a copy of it but the the book laid out the entire game plan of the Rainbow jihad, and that ultimately the end game was the kids. Now, why the children? Well, chances are if you're not in a procreative relationship, you're not going to procreate as much as people who are fair well,
0: math ends that, up yeah, there. math
1: math does tend to add up that way. yes. Which makes it also, by the way, more difficult for you to pass on your ideals, your notions, your values, your beliefs,
0: right? That's one of the privileges of having children. Absolutely. You get to pass something yeah. on. I
1: mean, you're, it's more difficult for your legacy to carry on past you when you don't create a human being in your image that was made ultimately in God's, right? So how do you do that? Well, you, you take over the places where the kids are. And you just co-opt them. What's the number one place where a child will spend their time?
0: Other than the home, it will be school. And it'll be in the schools. Yeah.
1: So this has been the Spirit of the Ages youth ministry all along. The EU is threatening Hungary with some kind of extreme punishment if it doesn't let go of its restriction on, allowing, on not allowing rainbow jihad propaganda in the classroom. Why? Because it's been about the kids all along. I mean, ultimately, your fetish, your fad, um, your affliction, your vice, and we all have vices, we're all sinners. But eventually, though, if you attach an ideology to it, like there isn't an ideology necessarily behind, say, adultery, right? We're not like teaching kids how to better... Um, deceive their spouses in the schools, right? There's not like a, I mean, your kids are, have been in government schools and mine never have, but I don't believe they've done that yet. If, if the kids come home from Carlisle with a with a, uh, with a program on uh, when you're older, I mean, here's how to, you know, um, incognito online. I mean, and uh, here's how to you know, get a burner phone so you don't get Hugh freezed. I mean, did they, did, did they do that for the that, kids? That's or? the
0: advanced college seminar. Okay. Steve. Okay.
1: But, but you see my point. Yes. There, there are certain vices, certain fetishes, fads, sins that come attached with an ideology. Because most of the time, we're not, we're not proud of our vices. <laughs> we're not proud of our fetishes and fads. We recognize these thorns in our flesh. We wrestle with them. We give in to them in the hopes that doing so will make the the urge go away. For I mean, this is the Roman seven struggle that we all have, right? Yes. Okay. That So we don't typically have an ideology attached to it because we're typically not proud of it. What was, what was last month? What was it called? Pride Month. Pride Month, huh? See, in this case, we're going to be very proud of it. And in this case, we're going to make you even prouder. And then we're going to make some proud boys of our own. And then we're going to sick them on you. Is that what the song said? We'll yep. convert your kids, and then they will convert you. That's right out of after the ball, folks. Now, they might have meant this is a troll. Who knows? Okay, I'm sure they did on some level. But the reality is this, is this is the methodology, the hermeneutic, that this so-called movement has carried forth for the last few decades. Is it not? Yes. So this may be like a troll of paranoid conservative America, but is it not what actually has taken that- place within America? That
2: actually makes
1: it scarier, yes, Steve. that they're so
2: detached from their own ideology. That what is driving this, that's, that's what makes this creepy.
1: Yes, that, that they want to make the claim that your paranoia, we're not going after your kids. When that's exactly what When happened. that's exactly what they're <laughs> yeah. doing. Yes. Yep. Here's how you know, by the way, Tucker Carlson is right about everything. Uh, that he'll be on the air tonight on Fox News. Because I promise you, man. The people running that channel have no stomach for this. Maybe the people who used to do, but the people running it now, they don't have the balls for this, man. And if Tucker was at 3.1 million viewers and not 4.1 or 2.8 and 2.9, which would still make him like the 6th or 7th or 8th highest watch show on cable TV, uh, dude would not be on Fox News tonight. They, they don't have. I mean, look at the DEF CON level that he has raised compared to all like all all the rest of their programming. Okay, even Laura Ingram, who would be the closest to him, probably. Right. Yes. He's at a totally different DEF CON level right now. They don't have the stomach for this level of of engagement. That's how you know he's right, because they don't have any grounds to get rid of him for it. More in a moment. Parents, listen up. You know, I think it's follow the chain of events here. Uh, So last year, most American school kids got sent home because of COVID, right? This gave parents in America collectively probably their most concentrated and up-close dose of what uh, garbage was being fed to their children called curriculum at the same time. Indeed. Right? And then after that, now we have maybe an unprecedented effort launched across the country uh, on for school board elections and parents and how many viral videos and the likes have we seen of parents saying, I'm, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, right? Yes. Think those chains of events might be interconnected in some way, shape or form, yes. So you might be in need of some options for this fall if you can't turn the tide in your local school board and you don't want to hand your children over Uh, to these people any longer. Uh, Check out our friends at Freedom Project Academy. Uh, I happen to know some of the people that helped found this school and run it now. Got to know them during the original Common Core battle several years ago. And beyond just my personal uh, knowledge of of how good these people are, I've seen how it operates in my own home. Our, Our son, Noah, Did Freedom Project Academy for a couple of years as a student there, so I can't give it a better recommendation than I know them and I let them have access to my own kid. If you want to see if this might be a good uh, virtual academy for your child, fully accredited, based on Judeo-Christian values, mastery of curriculum and subject matter, not propaganda, uh, where we teach you how to think not what to think. If you want to get more information on this, see if it's a good fit for you and your family. Freedomforschool.com is the website. Again, go to freedomforschool.com. Well, this face will be very familiar uh, to many of you that, um, uh, that frequent this show because she has been a frequent contributor to it. Our friend Shannon Joy, talk show host in New York State, joins us as well as attorney Corey Hogan. We'll introduce you to him in a moment. Shannon, good to see you again. Sister, how are you?
5: Doing well in the People's Republic of New York here, fighting back as best we can, but they are hitting at a, hitting us from every angle. So there's a lot, a lot to get to today.
1: So Shannon, one of my big frustrations right now, in fact I had to just say no to a major advertising client, Alliance Defending Freedom. I won't I won't renew with them because they won't take up this fight. And I just yes. don't I just don't feel right advocating that people donate to legal advocacy groups when they then email me hey that my job wants to force me to take this experimental injection hey my 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 kid's school wants to force them to take this experimental injection hey this 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 place wants to know my private health information as an individual what what are my legal remedies and i can't refer them to the people i'm 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 promoting i just don't think we can we should continue doing that there aren't too many options of people that have taken on the fight or are willing to take this to court. You are. Tell us about it.
5: Well, just to piggyback on what you said, Steve, it has been one of the most astounding things that I've witnessed since March of 2020, the lack of attorneys, lawyers, advocacy groups that want to address the very obvious constitutional issues with a whole host of COVID policies from forced testing to quarantines, to the contact tracing, to the vaccine mandates, the lockdowns, the shuttering of businesses and schools from the First Amendment to the Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment. I mean, we are screaming for lawsuits and the traditional movers and shakers within not only the conservative movement, but also the liberal movement as well. Where has the ACLU been Mm -hmm. in all of this? There is nothing. There are so few law firms. And this is one of the reasons that I became connected with Hogan Willig and Corey Hogan many, many months ago, because here is uh, a pretty substantial law firm in Buffalo and they're taking up everything. They're fighting on behalf of kids and youth sports programs, fighting on behalf of restaurants and hair salons, successfully winning in court in New York state over and over and over. Corey and his firm, they've launched 17 lawsuits hmm. uh, against Andrew Cuomo, in New York state. And thank God they were with me on the morning that my county health commissioner sent two armed police officers and two contact tracers to my home on a quiet Saturday morning before Easter. And what we believe is clearly an effort of retaliation because I exposed them with a media report I did the night before on my radio program. And they hit back at me trying to intimidate me, trying to harass me regarding an uh, in mm-hmm unconstitutional quarantine order that they forced upon my 12-year-old daughter. So it's a tangled story. We told, we've told your audience a little bit about it, but it was Corey Hogan and Hogan Willig that were on the phone with me within an hour. I was terrified, realizing how vindictive and how serious the situation was that they would send police officers to my house. I'm a law-abiding citizen, peaceful. I've, I don't have as much as a parking ticket, nor my husband, nor anyone in my family. And to retaliate against me in that way was terrifying. To imagine that they could, if we defied that quarantine order, could get a warrant from a corrupt judge in a family court and take my daughter. I've never been so terrified in my life. I was on the phone with Corey within an hour and he said, no, not only are we are not going to let them take your daughter, but we're not going to let them get away with this either. We're going to go after the quarantines on a constitutional basis. And we're going to go after the people that came at you and your family on behalf of the rest of the country, citizens who have been abused by their governments from red states to blue states for the past 20 months. And this is one of the only firms in the country doing this. So I am I'm so blessed to introduce you guys to Corey today.
1: So Corey, let's bring you into the conversation. Why are you taking on this fight on a meta level? And, and then tell us why specifically Shannon's case.
3: Here um, goes back to March of 2020 uh it had an impact uh, on our firm and me personally uh we've got about 40 lawyers and 40 legal assistants and uh when we saw this uh, the, what i guess is a pandemic coming uh, i had a meeting with uh, some of the people in my office and we made a decision that uh we were going to stay open and that uh if the state of new york wanted this to be deemed an essential business we would go ahead and put the application in so uh We were the first uh, law firm in the state to be deemed an essential business, and I thought at that point, okay, now I can go about my business, we can do whatever we need to do to protect our people, but we can come to the office each day and get our jobs done. That's kind of what we do. Uh, However, the the Attorney General uh, had a different perspective on what that meant, so I started getting calls from various assistant attorney generals uh, from two different regions in New York, asking me who was coming into work and what they were doing. Uh, and we thought that was starting to you know, invade what we called the attorney client privilege. In addition, it got worse than that. Uh, they started having people outside our office in cars, unmarked cars, taking plate numbers down of people that were coming to our office. Mm. Uh, I said, you know, what, what country am I operating in here? So at that point, uh, uh, we brought our own lawsuit uh, against uh, Andrew Cuomo, of the state of New York, and the attorney general's office, and said, uh, that this is not appropriate. So when we brought that federal lawsuit, uh, uh, they, they, they backed down. They stopped bothering us. And we were allowed to resume our normal activities of going about our business practicing law. Once that occurred, we started hearing from different groups. Uh, there were certain groups that were being picked upon by the state, and they, they were making their own decisions as to where viral transmissions were occurring without any basis for it. They were just basically going by their gut. So they, they started with hair salons because they figured if people are touching other people, that must be a problem. Uh, then they went on to the restaurants. Well, the, to make a long story short, uh, the state of New York back in December of last year, Andrew Cuomo went on and said, here's the science. And they basically they had 46,000 contact points. Uh, and they said, here's what we've got. Here is where viral transmissions are occurring. This is the facts. This doesn't have anything to do with people's personal beliefs any longer. Well, as it turned out, uh the restaurants, who we were representing, were viral transmissions were somewhere around one 1.4%.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Their salons were under 1%. And viral transmissions were all occurring in the home. 74%, yep. 75% of all viral transmissions were taking place with people sitting in their homes as they were told to do, which makes all the sense in the world when you're in a pretty much a, a closed setting unventilated, you're hanging around for hours and hours or days and days, that's where it's taking place. All of these other claims that whether it's a restaurant or a salon or a school, schools were all under 1% too, uh, were not contributing in any meaningful sense to the transmission of this COVID-19 virus. So once we got that information, we started using it against them and the actions we brought and we finally ended up in front of the Supreme Court judge here, which is our highest trial court, who basically agreed with us that the, uh, the the shutting down of the restaurants, not allowing them to have in-person dining in Buffalo in the middle of the wintertime, was wrong. And uh, so we opened it up uh, for the 100 restaurants or so we were representing at that time. And then the next day, uh, our county executive and then the governor made a decision to open up uh, restaurant dining, indoor dining uh, throughout the state of New York because they didn't want to fight this particular ruling. And so it's gone on and on from there in terms of groups that have been impacted, whether it's uh, what we're doing right now is we filed a lawsuit last week to try to get the masks off these these school kids. They're the the forgotten victims. Uh, Corey, since you brought up the
1: masks, I want to address something with you before we run out of time here. Okay. Sure. So today, Japan has issued a state of emergency for COVID. On right. multiple occasions, and I could document this for you, the media in the West has used Japan as an example of conquering COVID with masks. Today, they've announced a state of emergency, and they've announced the Tokyo Olympics will go forward, but with no fans in the stands. Now, their, ob- their, their obesity rate nowhere near ours, and of course, that's the leading comorbidity for COVID, et cetera. It, could you, if you went into a court and said, if, if, if an island nation fully masked with, with one of the leanest, slenderest populations in the world, could not use masks. Uh, if, if masks don't show efficacy in Japan, what the hell is the evidence for continuing doing this to Americans? What would happen if you did that in a court of law, Corey?
3: Uh, most judges would uh, not support that claim. One of the things I've learned from this pandemic is how easily people will go along and do what they're told and how easily uh, the, the halls of justice are, in my mind, not willing to tackle some of these basic principles. I am very saddened and upset. And a lot of people told me the same thing, is that we cannot believe the way that people are doing what they're told without thinking.
1: And is that why many of your brethren are not taking these fights on? They just view it as tilting at windmills. It's they're they're, they're I would not recoup enough billable hours to justify this because it won't go anywhere. Is that was that the excuse in your industry?
3: Yeah, that, that's not a good excuse for the ACLU. I mean, the civil liberties. Right. That's their job. If, yeah. if they've right. ever been attacked, this is it. So that the pandemic has taught me anything is is that we are really in a situation where not too many people are willing to stand up and be counted. That's why people like yourself who are out there speaking about it, or it's people like Shannon who are bringing the action for it. Those are the people that we need to do what has to be done because it's, it's kind of disgusting to me is that most people are willing to take their rights and put them in a drawer and not be worried about them because of this fear of death. Hmm. You know, Fauci, just yesterday, again, talks about if you don't get vaccinated, the implication is you're going to die when the statistics are nowhere near that. It is is horse crap in my mind, and it's also really wrong for public officials to be misleading uh, the citizens of their country and basically trying to cower them into doing something they want them to do by giving them misleading information. We can no longer get that information from the state of New York. They have said, we're not going to share that information. We made the mistake of giving you the truth, so to speak, for September, October, November of 2020. You're not going to get it from us any longer. So we've got to bring a lawsuit now to get them to tell us what the facts are. Why wouldn't they tell the citizens of this state where the viral transmissions are occurring? But they won't. That is wrong. They require us to give them that information, but they won't share it. Yeah. The world is upside down right now.
1: So, Shannon, you know how this works as a fellow broadcaster. I got about two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was important for our audience to hear the perspective of one of the rare lawyers we've been able to find. And again, they got 40 lawyers at their firm, guys. This isn't just some guy you know with free time looking to make a name. This is a substantial law firm willing to take this on. How can our audience follow what's going on and help if you need it? we got about a minute and a half.
5: So right now I've established the SJ Legal Fund, which people can go to my website, dot theshannonjoy.com, theshannonjoy.com. It's a, ded- a dedicated donate button um, that is you got to have the go. the in
1: there, right? The Shannon Joy. The the, the has Shannon to be in there. The
5: ShannonJoy.com. Yeah. And you can donate if just a small percentage of your audience went and threw us 50, 100 bucks, we would get to our initial goal. We have filed a notice of claim. We are suing the County of Monroe, the Monroe County Health Department, the Fairport Police Department, and also our Health Commissioner, Mike Mendoza. And we are looking at broad constitutional issues relating to quarantine. And also we are suing them for harassment um, of my family. So the retaliation uh, that they um, that, that they engaged in on April 3rd is not going to stand. But yeah, Corey has been doing much of the work that he's been doing is philanthropic. He has not been, he's been doing a lot of this pro bono for individuals all over New York state. And I want to encourage everyone to go to their, we, their website, hoganwillig.com and support their efforts as well, because it really, um, he's one of the ver- the few in the country that is willing to take up the vaccine yeah. issue. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, really, any of these. Amazing.
1: It's a yeah. small, small group that I believe me, I have been looking all over the country for the last year. It is a small group. So, folks, yeah. this would be an important pre- legal precedent to set, by the way, if you're in another state. That you and you can find your own Corey Hogan to take this on, you have a vested interest in them being successful here because this would, this would set a very important legal precedent that would also help to bolster your case. So com is the website, thushannonjoy.com. Shannon and Corey, thank you both for joining us, and make sure, Shannon, you keep us up to date on how this is going. All right?
5: I sure will. Thank you, Steve.
1: You bet. Thank you, Corey, as well. Thank you. Thank you as well. All right. Bye-bye. You guys, what do you think?
0: Well the legal world is obviously victim of what i say progressive cancer just like every place else this man again talking about how his his own learning curve experientially again it's one thing to understand theoretically but to be in the middle of all this and to walk out in the parking lot and see you're being spied upon yeah this is what you're dealing with in every profession of substance thus the only question remaining is sean connery what are you prepared to do
2: yeah as i was listening to cory speak there and this is not as you said hogan willig is is not a, a small operation this is I mean, this is a this is a one of the premier, um, if not the premier law firm in that region, at least in Buffalo. I'm thinking to myself, is is he the only person, the only lawyer who's actually taking the actually has the eyes to see and the ears to hear that early? He was talking about these um, these measures back in March, because I sure as heck haven't haven't seen any lawyers of that stature who are willing to do this? So this is, as you said, Steve, incredibly important, and we'll be keeping an eye on it. And I hope this will wake up some other attorneys out there who um, who see things the way that uh, that the American people do, by and large.
1: We'll come back. Theology Thursday is next. With hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. You are you. He is Todd. He is Aaron. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E is how to spell properly the last name. Uh, look for us as well on MeWe Parlor and Gab. You can also uh, look for clips of the program that are uncensored and unfiltered at rumble.com slash Show. That's rumble.com slash Show. If you're a podcast listener, we are looking for you to hit that like, subscribe, follow. I, Apparently now different podcast platforms are using different terms. Whatever the case may be, please hit it for us and give us a five-star review of that option is available to you. Those two things help the podcast to grow. And therefore, we appreciate the thousands of you that have done those things for us already. Thank you very much for each and every one of those. Theology Thursday brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens, which we've been telling you about on the show for Man, it's got to be at least a year now, right? Maybe almost going on two. Yeah, and you know the drill by now. This is the supplement for your dogs. I mean, there's a we take so many supplements these days. Uh, for the same reasons. A lot of our food is stripped of those vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants, uh, um, omega oils, etc. Because they put all those good things in there, it doesn't stay fresh as long as they would like it to. So they take them out, and then we have to double dip by putting supplements into our body to put them back in. Uh, Same thing happens with your pet's food. A lot of that stuff is taken out of what they eat as well. Rough greens will put it back in. It's the powder you sprinkle in with your dog's food each day, mix it together, and now Your dog's food is complete. It's whole. But you may be concerned. Hey, what if I invest in this and my dog does not like it? That can happen. Here's one way to find out. What if we just gave you that first bag for free? We ask you to pay for the shipping, but the bag itself, that first 14-day jumpstart bag, we'll give it to you for free if you go to roughgreens.com, the free bag. At roughgreens.com, just pay for the shipping. roughgreens.com. Or um, you can uh, also give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. 833-ROUGH-DOG. And again, it's R-U-F-F. That's how they spell it. 833-ROUGH-DOG or roughgreens.com. I feel like maybe now's a good time for me to bring this up since we're heading into Theology Thursday. Um, do I, I I feel like I need to ask if this is worthy of a confession or if I need to make one. All right? Okay. <sighs> There is a channel on YouTube that uses the NCAA football game to simulate the season that yeah. the current the upcoming season. I think I even turned you onto it, Aaron. And I I finally became convinced it be, it was a dude code violation to like watch the actual broadcast of the games or at least it was close enough to consider it as one. Okay? But I'm justifying myself because they put out a weekly highlight video of the best games of the week, and so it's the NCA football simulations of these games. Like a highlight reel. Todd is looking at me like, "I'm about How'd to you be- think
0: this was going to go for you? How'd you think? Honestly, Come on. Dude code to Dude code.: you No, know, we're
2: not going to get a new one until 2023.
1: <laughs> Yeah, except this account knows how to modify, use, use their PC to mod games. Oh, nice. So they've gone in there and like updated all the logos and everything else nice. and the uniforms. It looks pretty good. Okay. So let me ask somebody other than Todd. Aaron. <laughs> well played. Um, the fact that I take 30 to 40 minutes out of my schedule each week to find this video, mm-hmm. to watch the highlights this sim just to get a little you know college football jones should i be ashamed nope
2: i think i texted you at like 1 a.m the other night with a new channel that i found yes Get my fix in there
1: yeah todd do you do you want to now share your position
0: you have other ways correct to get your college football jones i i do yeah there you go. I think. I think you gotta just.
1: This just seems a little more real, though, with like the simulations and stuff. You know, like the players and their actual. you Re- know, More real than what? It's their. It, it's like their actual roster talent is imputed into the teams.
0: It's still a video game, right?
1: Yeah, but it's like a video simulation, like any other computer simulation, right? Isn't it? No.
0: I, as opposed to, like, graphics for, like, a movie? Yeah. Is that... Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you ever watched an animated that, film before? The point, but the point is to simulate real-time video of a game that yes. you aren't allowing yourself to watch, right? Yeah,
1: because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, the game hasn't happened. It's a simulation of the season to come.
0: But what did you say you weren't allowing yourself to watch on YouTube? I thought,
1: I thought watching the... Because you can, you can actually watch the whole games. I thought sitting there for two hours... And watching a video game simulation was even, even, even I thought, okay, I, I I should maybe be, I should maybe be run over for this. Maybe I misunderstood.
0: I I didn't think it was the amount of time you were spending. I thought that the mere affinity, a relationship with YouTube was your moral core. Oh, no,
1: no, no. no, Because of
0: what we've talked about on the show.
1: No, no. If I could get this channel on Rumble, I would. But this I, oh, this channel is only on YouTube. Because you YouTube. said YouTube, I yeah. thought
0: because of what YouTube oh. has been doing to us, okay. you said, can I... I thought that was your moral quandary. Oh, no, listen. if I, if listen, Guys, I... if I'm... If, the biggest
1: corporations on this planet all hate me. I mean, I, I could not do this job. I could not live as an American if I literally made the case. I was not going to... Do any business or connect with anyone whose values are in opposition to mine? I mean, how would we live? Everything that matters in our country hates us. So I, I don't know how you could live like that, right?
0: It's challenging, but we do have to make that. decision yeah, there has decision to be some, more and more than ever before. When these there days.
1: are when there are options, yes. If 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 these people had a had a channel on Rumble, I would be watching it there. Okay, but. It's almost impossible to live completely disconnected from the people that are trying to end our way of life. I don't know how you could possibly do it.
0: Well, then my answer is simple and clear because I've given it before. If you are like Steve Dace and put faith, family, freedom, and all the real-life responsibilities, not just theoretical, the actual flesh-on-the-bone responsibilities, if you put those first and foremost and then engage in this, no problem— if you don't do any of these things and you know who you are because that's most of you, then this is a problem.
1: All right, so all right, I can live with that standard. So it's, it's like 9, 10 o'clock at night. Everybody else has gone to bed. I'm winding down. I give 30 minutes to this. I, I
0: know that's how you live. That's
1: fine. But-, but But like if in the middle of it, the wife texts me and says like, time for bed, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not permitted to like text back. Hey, let me finish watching this first. that That's a clear due code violation, yes, correct? Yes,
0: we're about to talk about the Holy Trinity of wokeism. Yes. If you've made this kind of thing part of your Holy Trinity, that's bad.
1: Okay, all right, there we go. All right, thank you. I feel better now. I feel better now.
0: All right. You lost me at YouTube, man.
1: Okay. I didn't even think about the whole, because you know what? I've just had to learn to separate. I've got so many boxes to live my life. You know what I'm saying? I, I just have to compartmentalize everything. Otherwise, what I do here would just swallow up everything because I'm, I'm, I'm so aware. You know, my wife said to me the other day at dinner, man, it just seems like everybody we know every, it's like everybody's marriages are struggling right now. I'm like, well, you're a therapist. No one comes to you, says, Hey, I want to schedule an appointment. My marriage is going great. No one does that. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I realized after I said that, I'm like, wait a minute, how much does that also though impact my perspective overall the state of the culture because where i go to work every day is where the fire is hottest right Mm -hmm. okay um to avoid this consuming every single aspect of my existence i have to be a master compartmentalizer I, i just have to be and so i have i've got all kinds of things and boxes and departments in you know in in my mind, just to function as a normal person, so that this, this does not drive me insane so i I have it in my mind it's it never even dawned on me that I said YouTube when we banned it as a mention because I was talking about something totally separate from this violation. you know what I'm saying right because I, I, I don't know how how can I live. Without, I mean, YouTube. YouTube's a Google company, right, Aaron? Correct. Okay. I mean, how do I live? A, how, Google's the largest corporation in the world. They're, they're, Google knows more about me than I know. How do I live? Like I'm living in a Google-free world. Well, start one. Step one: not do this for a living any longer. Do something else, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? There's just no way to detach ourselves from this fully. That doesn't mean if there's opportunities to punish those that you think are deserving of it, don't take yourself, don't take, don't pass on them, but be realistic here. It's, Nikolai Carpathia is easier to detach yourself from, if you were a member of the tribulation force in a left behind book, than it is to detach yourself away from Google. Seriously.
0: Point taken. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you do what we do. All right. So
1: let's get to this note for Theology Thursday. And I, and I can't. I love how they when they start like this. I've gotten this so often, and I can't tell if it's a compliment or not. Wasn't a fan originally, but I become a huge fan of the show, or if that just speaks to the dearth of other options available, and then eventually you just took Bobby Knight's advice and realized I might as just go ahead and, and you know, it's inevitable and enjoy it. Okay, um, your coverage of Corona has been spectacular. Uh, you guys help us to uh, help me to reaffirm my anti-Fauciism daily. My question for you is. If wokeism is its own religion and modeled somewhat as a counterfeit format of Christianity. Like, you know, a lot of the enemies' counterfeits are modeled that way, right? Okay. How would you answer the following questions? And Mike writes, that's who sent us this note. What do you think makes up the Holy Trinity of wokeism? What are the sacraments of wokeism? What are the holy sites? What are the prayers, refrains uttered by its followers daily? I'd love to hear hear, hear all of you guys' thoughts on these. So let's do a little enemy recon theology Thursday, shall we? Okay. All right. So if we all agree this is the most uh, contemporary, uh, uh, the most um, trending Denomination or iteration of the spirit of the age religion right now is wokeism, right? Yes. In the past, we might have said it was postmodernism, right? But it's wokeism right now, right? Okay. Let's take these one by one. What's the holy trinity of wokeism? And Aaron, since you told me you actually did advance work on this, yeah. I'm making you go first every time. I want to know what Aaron with advanced work looks like.
2: <laughs> oh, set your expectations <laughs> low and I will probably still not exceed them. No, the, the holy trinity of wokeism is the government, the science, and the emotion. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's God the Father pre- supersedes uh, all in their minds. The science is their savior, and the emotion indwells them and controls everything they do.
1: Wow, dude. I don't know that I even want to try to answer this question now, because that it's he's big. worked out a full-fledged yeah. hermeneutic, a triune yes. er, hermeneutic on this. He's got a hierarchy there. Okay. I mean, he even invoked one of my favorites from Chesterton when the government removes the God, the government becomes the God, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean, that's a good answer, man. What do you think, Todd?
0: Well, I thought about it um, as well to truly tap into that which we understand about the Trinity and that there's only, we do see through a glass darkly on some level, on the three and one, one and three. And here, so that I have the expert, the victim, and the inner child. Hmm. Now, the paradox of not being fully understanding of the one and three and three, three one, one and three. Here, here, their version of it is the expert and the inner child. They simultaneously always tell you how we are the ones who know. We are the ones who know. But then, my truth comes from you know. At a, you have these people who are in their forties. Uh, telling you childish things about their reality that we would never expect from children. So they simultaneously have both of those things going on. And then the victim is obviously really important because it absolutely flips Christian atonement on its head. We're, we're the sinners in Christian atonement. We need the victim that is Christ, that is God. They flip it completely on its head. They are the victims, the people they have been done wrong therefore they are the god in 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 uh their equation um they are the ones that uh are uh without uh, uh blemish so there's there's a lot of potential there in asking this question more than just kind of a a fun run through i mean because this is this is the white witch in uh, Narnia mm-hmm. when she kills Aslan she puts on his mane it's mm-hmm. so badly yeah. even if they don't understand it want to be him
1: I think your answer is really good too in fact i think your answers can complement one another sure because i hear Aaron give the um uh well instead of the Westminster Confession or the Heidelberg Catechism Aaron giving the uh uh the the Berkeley Confession and mm-hmm. the Harvard Catechism uh, the high-minded, the serious philosophical—if um, you know who are there, Augustine's, Malcolm Mugridge's—you um, know level of Soren Kierkegaard level of figures on their side—that's how they would define it academically. What he said, right? Mm-hmm. But if I went to the spirit of the age or on the street, you kind of gave me the shack version of it. So, for those of you that don't know, by the way, if you love that book, it's a very well-written book. It's also a heresy okay it's uh, the whole book's view of the trinity is uh what's called modalism or the idea that the trinity lives in a mode at a certain time as opposed to all of time at once um doesn't mean it's not a well-written book even not really a a heartwarming tale it just
0: it's an extremely well written book that's why it had to be dealt with on some level that
1: that yes just understand that it's wrapped around a heresy but the but I, I, I When I've read the book, I couldn't decide if the author meant for it to be a heresy or not, meaning that did the author even know what modalism was? Or because if you read the book, The Shack, it's clear that that author, author comes from some kind of a lefty background and then got converted. Is that just his elementary attempt to merge this new orthodoxy that he is he is coming to grips with, with his previous intellectual baggage. Was this
0: malicious or misunderstood? Yeah, yes.
1: Because yes. those are two different yes. response levels, yes. right? Okay. And so since I never really understood which it was in his case, I didn't like make it like a Rob Bell level of event on our right. show at the time. All right. But it is heresy what he's saying. It's just, it, it could be just he's understands it in error or he is, you know, a Pelagius. But um, that is kind of the shack version of how this would work. If we grab the spirit of the ager on the street who didn't, who couldn't formulate because their critical thinking has been taken away, so they could not do the level of depth of explanation that Aaron provided, and so they just gave you the, the man or non-binary, uh, gendered, specific uh-huh. being on the street perspective, they'd probably relate to what you just said. So those are great answers. Let's go to the next one. What are the sacraments?
2: So I'll start again with this one. Uh, And I would say to varying degrees, but I did put these in order. The first sacrament of wokeism has to be abortion. There are six sacraments in all. Homosexuality, radical feminism, divorce, racism, and mutilation.
1: Again, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Although I wonder if because we are seeing a rising tide of same-sex attracted individuals who are pushing back on this. Even you see at times, as I've mentioned before, Andrew Sullivan himself, kind of the, the grandfather, the granddaddy of gay intellectualism in America, pushing back on some of this. So I wonder if it's... if if it's not so much promoting the sin specifically of homosexuality as it is just promoting a perversion of sexuality, that would make you more likely to be binded to something that didn't call you to account for it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't... Do
2: you think there's any merit to that thought at all? Sure, there. There, I guess if you wanted to, you could, you could, you could differentiate perhaps between the rainbow jihad, maybe, um, and some other critical thinking version uh, of that. But um, for all intents and purposes, in the West, wokeism
1: um, for the most part they are uh, intertwined. You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. Is there an equivalent to Rick Grinnell, that kind of a figure, Dave Rubin, in England, in France? Or do we just have that uniquely in America because of a lot of our liberty-based traditions that have obviously eroded in potency but are not completely extinct at the same Andrew time? Doyle. Andrew Doyle. Andrew yeah. Doyle, yes. Yeah, that's that's one. Yeah, Okay. All right. What's your answer? Because I let his answer is really good again. I didn't go
0: full on seven. I have this is easier. I have abortion, transgenderism and mandatory vaccination.
1: Where's intersectionality fit into that? Or are you guys itemizing essentially their intersectionality scale? Okay, I gotcha.
0: Okay. All right. Which is what to me the sacramental life is. It's more specific. So that's
1: at the end. I'm going to explain why itemizing this out the way we are doing it right now, is so vitally important, okay? Remind me to do that when we get to the
2: end, Mm -hmm. okay? Holy sites, where do they hosh? So, I mean, there are obvious examples. Tiananmen Square, Auschwitz, uh, 3801 Lancaster Avenue, West Philadelphia, things like that. But I think, I I don't think uh, the spirit of the age really needs holy sites. I think wherever the spirit of the age is, uh, you you be like God as well. That's, I, I don't think... I don't think there's one square inch of dominion, overall of dominion, which the spirit of the age does not shout mine. So I, I don't think holy sites are really apropos here.
1: From the grave, Abraham Kuyper sees what you did there. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little turn of phrase. What do you think?
0: I, I think uh, they told you what their holy starts, holy sites were with the march through the institutions, newsrooms, schools, courthouses. Oh, yeah, I like one. that answer yeah. a
1: lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, there you go. And look at how their holy priests and sacrificial prostitutes behave on TikTok when they make a video. You know, that's religion going on when the journalists tell you how we're standing on this wall and the teachers, I must teach CRT. It's a cult.
1: You know, to reinforce your point, why do the world's three main religions fight for hegemony or representation in Jerusalem? Right? Yes. It's not because they each find it Religiously insignificant, right? Right. They, I mean, they're 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 fighting over Jerusalem, and you know, not Damascus. Why? I mean, so because of? Aren't they all acknowledging? Even though Muhammad himself never physically went to Jerusalem, I, I believe it was he visited in a dream, but. Uh, aren't they all aren't aren't those acknowledgments by all three of its religious significance right yes that's why it's so dominion over it is so hotly contested yes you're making a similar argument I think that's a very powerful argument I like that one okay let's go to prayers and refrains mantras if you will um dialectics doxologies uttered by the follow by the followers of wokeism every day Aaron I'll let you start again
2: I'll just keep it brief. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one.
1: little John Lennon imagine. I like that. Yeah.
0: Uh, their woke church flips the Christian paradigm of that Steve mentions frequently that mercy triumphs over judgment. This is Old Testament, New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we're dealing with paradoxes here, but uh, it starts off their Old Testament was don't judge. Their New Testament is you are canceled. Mm. Ah.
1: that's well done again
2: (laughs) that was very well
1: done that's well done again you're right Um, so mercy never triumphs over judgment because there isn't any mercy nope there isn't there's just conformity and compliance and no mercy is given to non-conformist or non-compliance
0: take your faith seriously enough as a Christian to understand why the woke hate it so much and that's how you will figure out what it's all about and what it's trying to do to you and how to defeat it if you don't i didn't this isn't a game i was playing i just did the math
1: by the way you guys the time you spent this morning trying to get into the enemy's head how'd you feel doing that by the way you got a little dose of what it was like writing a book like a nefarious plot or a nefarious carol what was that like for how
0: long have i worked for you
1: Are you saying working closely with me for the Mm -hmm. last six years has gotten you close to being in the enemy's head?
0: I was ready for the (laughs) 10 minutes I took this morning after that long and at the register for 12 years.
1: So, all right, anything else before I talk about at the end here, why itemizing these things with specificity I think is important? Anything else you guys want to mention?
2: I just think, as I just want to reiterate what Todd said, it's not a game. It's very, very much a religion, and it's very intentionally so a religion. It is very intentionally so a religion. Mm-hmm. The spirit of the age, the one who commandeers, controls, steers that, is hell-bent. And I mean hell bent on making sure he is the upside down. That it is the uh, that is it's the middle, the double middle finger towards God. And so everything is turned upside down and inside out that's the goal it's a bug um it's not a. it's not a bug it's a future
1: well said and i think as we've talked about before you can kind of tell who really when they say they want science to be their god really follows through you've seen examples like that with like sweden we pointed out yesterday i think it was martin koldorf yes uh the atheist socialist at harvard okay um and then, but you are going to see that for every Martin Coldorf, uh, for every Sweden, um, they're unicorns. The vast majority of those who say that that's what they want, that is not what they want. What they want is your Judeo-Christian fund foundation removed from the culture, so they can place their religious foundation in there instead. Mm-hmm. That's really the goal. Okay. For every Richard Dawkins that hates Muslims every bit as much as he thinks detests Christians, the vast majority of them actually just detest Christianity. Yes, that's really what the majority of it is, which brings us to why specifying these things, itemizing them is so vitally important. I hope you paid close attention to this and go back and listen again, because now you know what you need to be against. Now you know what you need to be against. You ever wondered why there really aren't too many people in the country that are engaged There's a lot of unengaged people, right, that don't really care about this conflict either way. But amongst those who are engaged, even in your families or friends, are any of them, like, just kind of casually pro-abortion? No. Not really. Not if they're really engaged, right? Mm -hmm. If they're not engaged, they might be casually pro-abortion. They might be. Okay. Remember that video from Campus Reform you played? Mm Mm-hmm. And and, and, and at the end of your montage, I think it was Campus Reform, wasn't it? And they got to the end and the guy said, I guess there is no difference between trans because he's engaged. And once he's engaged, he realized, well, I just have to, I've got to go all the way on everything now. See my point? This is why they're, these. this is, now you know what you need to be against. And now you know why they're against the things you're against, even when you make an objective case for them. They're not opposing you philosophically. They're opposing you specifically, practically. It's all one ph- philosophical assertion, but it has—it's a hydra. It has a lot of different tentacles. Whatever will get, whatever will let us kill kids. Whatever will give control of your kids. It, it doesn't make a difference. Why do you want control of kids that you don't think are you know should even have a right to right? Yes. That, because it's not about any of that. You're looking for a consistent stream of thought. It's just about raw power. That's all that it's about. Power and control. They're against anything that doesn't grant it power and control. This is why they're uniquely at war with the Judeo-Christian tradition. And not even an Islamic one. Because we're sitting here in the 21st century and cultures that are mired in Islam still want to have an autocratic, authoritarian control over their people like it's the 8th century, right? Yes. Christianity and Judaism have already had all these conversations, internal dialogues with itself for centuries now. Why? Because it's God invites critical thinking. The God of the Muslims does not. So now you know specifically... What you need to be against. That's why we itemize those things out for you specifically. Three non-political questions are next. It's grilling season across America. Probably going to eat more red meat this time of year than the rest of the year combined, which... Given how much red meat Americans eat, that is saying something. You know what goes great with red meat? A really good red wine. One of the best you're going to find, imported from Argentina. Really dark red wine made from Malbec grapes. They grow there at about 9,000 feet. Uh, And by the way, these grapes have been lab tested. They are loaded with a heart health nutrient called Resveratol. resveratrol. Uh, that is some uh, powerful stuff. Helps with both heart health, uh, brain health, and, and a lot of studies. Uh, and, and you can find a lot of that resveratrol in the red wines made by our friends over at Patriot Wine. Here's what you won't find in them, though. A bunch of sugar and additives. Uh, fewer chemicals, fewer additives, 90% less sugar. Don't think, though, that takes anything away from the taste whatsoever. The three of us have each tried a bottle of this, and all three of us enjoyed it quite a bit. So if you want to give it a shot right now, Patriot Wine is offering you 50 50- off their Best Malbecs, as well as 50% off the shipping. So you save half on both ends, right? You're not going to get a better tasting imported foreign wine for a better price than this. 50% off the Best Malbecs, as well as 50% off the shipping when you go to PatriotWine2021.com. Again, that's PatriotWine2021.com. And now it is time for three non-political questions. We all have
0: questions.
2: Yes, we need a little bit of a break uh, from the demise and fall of Western civilization. Three non-political questions on the Steve Day Show. Hopefully they're good. Probably not. How's that for a sales pitch? Question number one. Who's on your Mount Rushmore? Yes, we're going there. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of most underrated non-presidential American historical figures?
1: underrated in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. like they could be underrated for their terribleness sure yeah okay margaret sanger is the most influential woman in american history she has to be on that so uh, she would be on my list um i would say um well there are two people could i do like a half a face because it's a married couple oh sure okay where I just put the male and female faces together. Mm-hmm. All right. I would say Cloward and Piven. These are the Columbia uh, professors that much of what you see in terms of, remember when Rush said that Obamacare was designed to fail. Remember when he said that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, this is the Cloward-Piven strategy. They, they, Cloward and Piven, came out. They were Columbia professors back in the '60s, and their entire strategy, which has infused the modern American left, uh, is to overrun social systems, because that's the only way that, essentially, Americans would agree to move beyond even a massive big government safety net into a full, full-fledged authoritarian top-down command economy of socialism okay and and it's 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 all it's it's one of the reasons why their hermeneutic is one of the reasons why you can uh, arguments like about waste fraud and abuse and we can't afford it don't work they those arguments don't they don't care these things are designed to bankrupt systems uh, in order to set the stage for the system that they want to put in place instead so i'd put cloward pivot on there i put margaret sanger on there um Man, this is a long treasure trove of names that we could put on there. Um, Let me put somebody good on there. Um, I'm going to put Jackie Robinson on there. Yeah. Um, Hollywood was just coming into its zenith as a social, uh, as as a pop culture phenomenon at the time that he played. Baseball was the leading pop culture event in the country. And maybe at that point in the history of the country, um, maybe at that point, it was the biggest pop culture endeavor in American history because of how omnipresent it was in the, in the homes of Americans. And the example that he set, you know, I've, I've, I've tried to share this with my own son, He's a lot like me but his demeanor's different than mine. Um he has he certainly has my snarkiness and quick wit, but he's not as immediately confrontational. He's more patient with people than me. And I've tried to tell him from the beginning that, you know, your value, your masculine value as a man, whether you're capable of of being the leader and the provider and the protector that God calls you to be has nothing to do with your temperament. It doesn't, and I think Jackie Robinson is a phenomenal example of that. You're talking about a a guy, a soldier, a decorated athlete. I mean, he could he could have gone into the stands, Ron Artest style, and and took ass and kicked names. Okay, <laughs> right? But I mean, just the power of his dignity is maybe how I would describe it. It's one of the most badass examples I think has ever been set in American history and and it came on the heels in between what and Jesse Owens did a lot of this himself in the decade prior and then of course it's just a few years after that we get the rise of Martin Luther King Jr. and so he's kind of sandwiched sometimes between these two guys but I would put him on the list and for a fourth person how about I go back to our 4th of July our annual 4th of July we give an individual a tribute every year for our annual Independence Day show, right? And that individual is Caesar Rodney, who risked his own life in the dead of night, sick and bedridden, to ride uh, during a massive thunderstorm overnight, while sick and bedridden in a pre-antibiotic era, to come to Philadelphia and, to, at the, at the, at, and cast the deciding vote for the Delaware delegation. That ended up being the deciding vote to ratify the Declaration of Independence. So I'm going to go with Caesar Rodney, Jackie Robinson, Cloward Piven, and Margaret Sanger.
0: Uh, let's see. I will go with uh, John Dewey, the father of progressive education in America. That's a
1: great one, yes.
0: I would go with John Marshall, the, yeah. the great—I uh, don't know, what was he, the, the, he? He's actually like the third— Supreme court justice, I think maybe yeah. uh, the first one that Chief really justice,
1: but first one that really mattered. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, shaped the court. Uh, I would go with, uh, Cal Ripken jr. Uh, in a, a far more pedestrian extent than Jackie Robinson. Uh, and I mean, obviously and I share an affinity for, uh, Jackie Robinson, but Cal Ripken was uh, everything that the whole steroid controversy that came right after, his great record, mm-hmm. uh, all of that race for glory that all these guys already had the glory. They were great players, and they had to just have more, and more, more. Cal Ripken just showed up to work every day. And that record um, is the thing of, of of beauty when he broke. Uh, and, and the tribute, uh, he broke uh, Lou Gehrig's record another great man and ultimately just it's like joe dimaggio what why do you play when somebody asked a kid uh uh, or asked him why do you play so hard every day because i don't know when it's going to be some some kids first time seeing me play you know that's an ode uh to the purity uh and and the goodness uh of baseball and then i need a fourth oh boy i just throwing it out there uh pop culture bobby flay that guy's a witch he just beats everybody at their own game. It's unbelievable. A master chef. I, there's somebody more important than that, but we got to get through this, so that's my guy.
1: Can I tell you a little brief uh, anecdote about Cal Ripken Jr.? Oh, yeah. The first interview I ever landed in my—big interview I ever landed in my media career was with him. I was brand new in sports talk radio, went over to Kansas City with some press credentials, uh, and the Orioles were coming in. It was the last his last year, and it was the last time that the Orioles were ever going to be at Kauffman Stadium. He was injured. But he was going on the road trips with the team anyway, in order to meet fans and everything else. And um, ten thousand degree day in August, uh, and he stood out there with and gave and, and gave me all the time that I wanted for an interview. I mean, I was brand new in this business. Okay, I'd not done anything at all yet, and the fact that he was he he really took seriously the legacy that 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 aspect of the game so even in his last year on on injured reserve he's traveling with the team to see as many fans as possible and i have in my man cave today a framed photo of uh me getting the chance to interview him so here here for
2: him for me um no particular order, Cornelius Vanderbilt, the namesake of Vanderbilt University, but a guy, uh, I guess you could call him a railroad or, or yeah. transportation baron, uh, really improved transportation in the United States and allowed the the manifest destiny to, to spread. Um, another figure is Chuck Yeager, who passed away, I think, earlier this year, maybe it was last year. Yeah, An amazing World War II ace and test pilot, was just with some... Um, just a completely, you, you listen to him, just a completely different breed of guy, and and helped kind of achieve some new um, frontiers in in the world of aviation. Um, Jack Trice, uh, the namesake of Jack Trice yeah. Stadium in in Ames here in Iowa, and then uh, finally for me, it's William Randolph Hearst for not the greatest of reasons. I think he's. He's one of the, I think he's one of the forerunners of the corporatized media or journalism class that we have nowadays, whether it's the spirit of the age or just looking for clicks. um, I I think William Randolph Hearst and yellow journalism, um, I I think there's a lot of the roots of journalism is magical and not at all broken that lie with him.
0: (laughs) I one really quick because the, I just couldn't think of a fourth, and I threw I, I wanted because journalism was going to be on my list. Woodward and Bernstein, uh, for better or for worse, they Hollywoodized journalism, and that product is now where they, they, their own name, their own personality, their brand is way more important uh, than the story. Right,
1: before them, Murrow, Cronkite. It was the work that those men did that gave them brands. Yes. In this case, their brands ended up exceeding their work. Yes. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Okay.
2: Question two, if you were hired right now as the general manager of your favorite Major League Baseball team, and you were tasked with at least making your team competitive and giving them an outside shot, or in the case of Todd, an outside, outside shot at the World Series, but in, in the case of Steve and I, an outside shot at making the playoffs, what would you do? I would um I I would
1: hire Theo Epstein to do my job for me cuz he's available and took two uh traditional um playoff disappointment franchises in the Red Sox and the Cubs and he broke both of their curses and turned them in two perennial winners, more so the Red Sox. That has gone on for much longer. But uh, I'd I'd be self-aware and recognize my incapabilities. And so I would go hire Theo Epstein to do my job for me. That's what I would do.
0: I'm still on my uh, baseball strike, so I'm only tangentially aware of my <laughs> own team. But I am aware enough that we are very... Uh, pitching dominant at the moment and our lineup uh, struggles at times to consistently score runs so to your point Aaron about uh, outside shot at World Series uh, we need a bat.
2: Um, I would raid somebody's pitching because I think I mean the Cardinals need a bat as well but goodness gracious their their relief pitching especially it seems it seems every time I've paid attention to them this year their relief pitching is, is letting them down so I'd get Um, probably starting pitcher, at least a really good relief pitcher. Go out there and trade whatever you need. Maybe you could do a trade with the the Brewers. Uh, Question three, never too early. What storyline do you want to see in the next Mandalorian? And if you were hired to fix Star Wars, what story would you tell? I added that last part because I know Star Wars. I also on a Star Wars (laughs) strike. I know. (laughs) So I'll let you answer first. What's your answer? Uh,
0: What storyline would I...
2: Yeah, what storyline would you tell, or how would you fix Star Wars? I
0: would, uh, if,
1: I did the, if I did The Mandalorian, The Redemption of Cara Dune, that's the storyline I would tell, okay? I would, I would, I'd put Cara Dune in every, every, every dang episode I could possibly excuse, and people would wonder, is, it the, is this the Cara Dune show? That's the Gino Carano character. Is this the Cara Dune show, or is this The Mandalorian? That, if I was in charge of The Mandalorian, that is what I would do. And if I if I could fix Disney as a whole, is that what you're at? Or Star Wars as a whole?
2: Uh, Star Wars as a
1: whole. Star Wars as a whole is. Um, I would again. The answers to the problems of the present are found in the past. I I would go back and rediscover the formula that Lucas tapped into in the 70s originally not when he was more cynical and politicized and, then, and when he you know, wrote about Newt Gunray and Lot Dodd uh, and um, uh, you, you know Obi-Wan Kenobi is saying, only the Sith speak in absolutes. Well, then how the hell do you know what, the, what it is you're trying to uphold, okay? How do you know that what you believe today is not bad? To, I mean, that just went off the rails. I would go back to, you know what i do? I'd go read the original shooting scripts of all three of those films. And the first three. And then I'd be like, let's spend $300 million recreating that formula for a modern audience. That's what I would do.
0: I, uh, well, I'm not being tempting to be glib, but I I would stop making all of it for a decade. Let it rest in peace. (laughs) And then come back to it.
2: Yep. I think, so as far as the Mandalorian goes, so I, I formulated this so Todd could answer as well because I know he's on a Mandalorian or maybe Star Wars strike, but um, for the Mandalorian, uh, you know, Cara Dune would be fine. We need to know who Grogu is. That's what I would do next. Who is, That was my main frustration with the end of that. We don't know who this little Yoda is. We don't know who that is. Yeah. Um. Kind of need some answers to that question and maybe how the Mandalorian's uh, paths cross again with him. So we need answers to that. I like that too. How, how would yeah. I um, fix Star Wars? I would bite the bullet. I would bite the bullet and I would decanonize uh, this latest trilogy. It's not canon anymore. Sorry. I, I would just, I would get get rid of that as as canon goes and then go back to the drawing board. Maybe, maybe. I like Todd's idea of just Letting it rest in peace for a decade, though.
1: Michael Evanetti from Presidential Candidate, self-anointed by MSNBC to CNN to sentenced to prison today. Nice. That's your media, folks. Back at it again tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
5: On the Blaze Radio Network.